0: Lecture 12, Part 1 of Christian Patience by William Bernard Ullathorne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Lecture 12 On the Cheerfulness of Patience, Part 1. That you may walk worthy of God in all things pleasing, strengthened with all might according to the power of his glory in all patience and long suffering with joy colossians chapter one verses ten and eleven there can be no better proof of a healthy soul than habitual cheerfulness christian cheerfulness is that modest hopeful and peaceful joy which springs from charity and is protected by patience it is as far removed from the bacchic outbursts of sensual mirth and the egotistical thrills of self-applauding laughter as from melancholy gloom or self-absorbing sadness of all which disorderly excesses true cheerfulness is the gentle but most decided adversary it is the well-regulated vigour of spiritual life that throws off all morbid humours and depressing influences refusing them a lodgment in the soul devoted to god cheerfulness gives freedom to our thoughts and a generous spirit to our actions it makes our services to god acceptable and our services to our neighbour grateful it is revealed in holy scripture that god loveth the cheerful giver 2 corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 and as ecclesiasticus says he that adoreth god with joy shall be acceptable ecclesiasticus chapter 35 verse 20 as this spirit of cheerfulness is born of charity and patience it is charity that expands the soul with grateful affection and infuses sweetness and patience that keeps the soul in peace and protects the spring of cheerfulness from being troubled or diminished it is observed by st thomas that although spiritual joy is not of itself a virtue it is the fruit produced by the virtues and is chiefly the fruit of charity flowing from the love of god But whilst the great theologian assigns the chief cause of spiritual joy to charity he gives the due share of that joy to patience we must distinguish he says between the virtue and the fruit of patience as a habit of the soul patience is a virtue but the pleasure which flows from the exercise of patience is its fruit and especially in this respect that it preserves the soul from sadness hence st paul places patience among the fruits of the holy ghost this cheerfulness of soul springs from the divine good which god has planted within us which acts within us of which we are partakers and with which our affections are united hence purity of conscience is a great promoter of cheerfulness for when the conscience is clean the affections are pure but the moving cause of cheerfulness is in the exercise of the virtues especially as they are the ready servants of the joy of loving god yet even the joy of charity is very imperfect and is often troubled unless that charity be patient for it is by the more difficult virtue of patience that we conquer within us what is adverse to cheerfulness suppress our selfish passions and obtain freedom for charity to expand untroubled that it may enlarge and fill our souls no one can have perfect cheerfulness without perfect charity or perfect charity without perfect patience who has ever made an effort of will to be patient under trial or temptation who did not find peace and joy in the conquest who has ever upheld his soul with patient resolution above the undercurrent of invading sadness who has not found cheerfulness as the reward of his resolute action let the ignorant speak as their sensuality prompts them we know that those who are the most mortified and patient for the love of god are always the most cheerful and happy their spirit is free their inward sense is drawn to spiritual good they are not encumbered with moodiness their souls delight in god if we had no greater joys than the world can give the body or the body give the soul we should be poor creatures indeed we should be nothing but animals Oppressed with the gross shadows of sensual enjoyment, which like our bodies are predestined to sufferings and death. Let us eat and drink today, for tomorrow we die. This is the philosophy of the sensualist, most abhorrent to the soul. If we had no greater joys than society can give us, with its vain rivalries and fictitious sentimentalities, we should still be poor creatures our minds and hearts would not have much more to feed on than the uncertain vanities of this uncertain life this is the philosophy of the sentimentalist whose conversation and literature is but too often imbued with subtle poison the great joys of the soul are secret known to heaven unknown to the world what is ambition but a scrambling to rise one over another to the humiliation of our neighbours the confusion of order and the destruction of peace and content this is the philosophy of pride if we had no greater enjoyment than the material scientists can give us we should be unhappy creatures pouring into matter until they lose sight of their immortal souls they materialize their souls and wish to materialize us losing the power of ascending from the creature to the creator by an immense abuse of their intelligence they drown their souls in their senses cast a shadow of gloom and sadness over the world and do their best to make it a dreary habitation for immortal souls they leave the spiritual nature of man without object without purpose without development without meaning without anything immortal with which to satisfy her immortal yearnings but god is infinitely patient religion is the first the grandest the most ennobling of all sciences for it brings us to the fountain of intelligence and wisdom as all other sciences deal with the works of god in their right place they are the servants of religion without his light who made and governs them how can we understand the works of god but with his light they minister to our cheerfulness because they speak of him and lead to him the christian soul lives in communion with god and to that soul a prospect is opened into infinite and unchangeable truth within that soul a sense is open that tastes the infinite and eternal good what opens this eye in the soul the light of faith descending from god what awakens this sense in the soul the grace of charity from the holy spirit of god can anything be so cheering to the soul as her growth in truth except her growth in good as truth and good come to our soul from god can anything secure their increase like prayer and communion with god by this holy converse hope is ever growing of greater things to come unlike our converse with the world is inexhaustible in expectation of eternal good add patience to these divine gifts and the restless soul brought to order and tranquillity is enabled to profit by these divine visitations to the full of her capacity if nature becomes fatigued by its exaltation above its powers patience steps in to sustain the weary spirit and keep her tranquil and resigned in hope we may be left in a certain obscuration at times but we know that the light is near us we may suffer interior hunger and privation for our trial but we know that god is secretly with us we may feel the weight of trial as a burden but patience will make that burden light and the love that bears it will cheer the soul because it is the joy of sacrifice filled with the hope of eternal good to come the children of the world who live for themselves know nothing of the enjoyments of the children of grace who live for god bent upon the things beneath them their enjoyments come from nothing that is equal to their spiritual nature and certainly from nothing that is superior to that nature And what they do enjoy contains the seeds of sadness and decay loving but mortal things with an immortal soul they pervert the order of their nature until their desires contradict their wants the flowers of their gladness fade and die and the fruits of sadness come in their place they thus detach themselves from the order of the universe separate themselves from the eternal fountain of light life and joy and are reduced to isolation from the god who gives peace and happiness and from the society of the blessed who are happy in god how can they understand those joys of the spirit that spring up to eternal life they are estranged from them by their state of isolation but the spirit of charity carries cheerfulness into every part of life its innocent pleasures and relaxations have the same basis of the love of god as its graver duties so that whilst what is transient in them quickly passes what is divine in the motive lasts for ever the joys of the spirit are like the spirit they have no visible shape by which they can be seen no sensible form by which they can be touched, they are joys of the Spirit that flow from God's gifts and the soul's virtues. They are guarded by patience, possessed in God, and give a sweet and attractive sense of God. Spiritual cheerfulness can only belong habitually to the superior soul of those who, by loving patience, have made the conquest of their inferior nature. That its inordinate movements may not mix with the acts of the superior soul to sadden or disturb them. What is beneath the superior soul, be it the body, the senses, the animal life, or that inferior region of the soul which is in contact with the body, all this may be exposed to pains, to afflictions, or to any kind of suffering. But so long as the superior soul is united with God, and responds to the ruling of his grace with patient love those sufferings in the region beneath are kept in their place they are looked down upon by the superior soul for what they are and for no more than what they are they are not allowed to invade the superior soul to disturb her peace to make her anxious fretful or distracted or to lessen the cheerfulness of her self-possession and resignation no one without experience can have an idea how much of this detachment of our superior from our inferior nature can be effected by the patient love of god or what power this gives the spirit to command the imagination and the senses enabling the spirit to rise superior to suffering and sadness then that patient love brings those sufferings with a cheerful spirit to christ jesus on the cross where blended with his sufferings they open to her the mysteries of eternal life there seen with wonderful clearness and grace and comfort flow to the sufferer from that life-giving fountain hence st paul has taught us in many places that hope springs from suffering with christ and brings joy and consolation to the soul rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation instant in prayer romans chapter twelve verse twelve this interior habit of tranquillity alike in prosperity and adversity shines from the interior into the countenance of the man of patient charity with a bland irradiation a beautiful expression sits like a seal of the holy ghost upon the features of the saints and has often been recorded by those who knew them to give but one example out of thousands st athanasius who was intimately acquainted with st antony the hermit and knew his austere life and the great patience of his combats with his spiritual enemies tells us in his life of the saint that if any stranger came to see antony although personally unknown to him if he saw him first from a distance and among a crowd of the brethren he recognized the saint the moment he cast eyes on him and would hasten past the others to reach him for his purity of soul shone through his features and the grace of his holy mind was reflected on his earthly frame whilst the cheerfulness of his countenance never failed to show that he was inwardly engaged upon divine things rufinus also informs us that whenever st antony had to try the spiritual condition of other souls he invariably applied the test of patience hearing that the brethren were extolling one man to the skies for his wonderful virtues st anthony sent for him and put his patience to the trial and finding him fail in that virtue he made but small account of the rest and said to him brother you are like a fine house with a very ornamental front door whilst you leave the back door open to thieves if he saw signs of sadness in any one he asked the reason of it and would say no one ought ever to be sad in whom is the salvation of god and the hope of the kingdom of heaven pagans may be sad they have reason to be so and so have unrepenting sinners but let the just rejoice in god this also was one of his sayings there is but one way of conquering the enemy and that is by keeping the spirit cheerful and the mind fixed on god when our hearts are free from envy that deadly bane of charity that shows itself in disparaging speech we find joy in the good which others possess and this makes us partakers of their good but we delight in the good which is united with ourselves delight therefore in its spiritual sense is the pleasure we receive from good obtained but joy is the pleasure we receive from the good we perceive in others or that we expect to receive ourselves for the communion of charity has a breath without limits in which we rejoice or are delighted with all the good we see in god and in all that he gives to ourselves or to our fellow-creatures conscious that by love we are in communion with all that good This joy also moves us to desire that this good may be more and more increased and diffused to the honour of God and the blessing of his creatures. But the spiritual gifts that bind us to God are more in God than they are in us, and God is the cause of all spiritual joy. Wherefore, St. Paul exhorts us rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice philippians chapter four verse four but delight is the enjoyment of good in our actual possession which tranquilizes and satisfies our appetite for good and makes it peaceful pleasant and contented it enlarges the soul into greater life remembering that meekness is the fruit of patience we shall better understand the words of the psalmist The meek shall inherit the land and shall delight in abundance of peace psalm 36 verse 11 and he says again my soul shall rejoice in the lord and shall be delighted in his salvation psalm 34 verse 9 and he shows the reward of this delighting in god delight in the lord and he will give thee the requests of thy heart psalm thirty six verse four our heavenly father loves to see his children free in his love without servile fears he loves to see them trusting in him and rejoicing in him he loves to see them living in the consciousness of his goodness to delight in god is to honour praise and glorify him to delight in god is the effectual way of opening the soul to his divine influences this delight is a bright shadow of the good things to come but to have this calm and cheering sense the heart must habitually look to god live in the sense of god and often converse with him i say converse with god because in that converse the sense of the soul receives the answers to our prayers. There are two states of the soul that desires God which are immeasurably different. There is a state in which the inward sense of the soul is set on God, with humble, reverent, and devout attention, and in which the soul lives more in God than in herself and there is a state in which the soul lives more in herself than in god conscious of god but much more conscious of herself in which state self-love plays a great part the soul finds herself in a net of the earthly senses filled with self-consciousness shadowed with gloom or restless with levity thus imprisoned the soul will imagine that she cannot rise above her nature to seek the cheering light of god nay this self-love in the inferior soul will play shameful tricks with the superior soul will suggest the shame of her faults or the plea of her unworthiness and thus dishearten her from making efforts to rise out of her entanglements or the busy sense and consciousness of self infected with levity or imbued with sadness according to the tone and temper of the time will grasp the heart as with ligaments of fear or with bonds of dullness and make the will reluctant to snap the strings of self-love that the mind may rise to god then prayers are muttered distractedly or murmured painfully within the soul there is no clear outlook above oneself no lifting of the mind no going forth of the heart to god no resting of the affections on god hence cheerlessness impatience and a tendency to sadness but to lend the will to those tricks of self-love that incline the soul to unreasonable fears and sadness is unworthy of a child of god who ought to cherish unbounded confidence in a father of such unbounded goodness and ought to foster that unbounded confidence which inspires generosity for what has self-love ever done for us that is not to our shame and discouragement and what has the confiding love of god ever done for us that is not to our joy and content true faith knows the unbounded goodness and mercy of god and how ready he is at all times to accept our good will true humility knows what infirm creatures we are and how our heavenly father is disposed to help us in our infirmities whatever they may be provided we have recourse to him true patience withstands all the fears and misgivings of self-love that interfere with hope and adheres with unbounded trust to the divine helper of our infirmities the true love of god however humbled is never ashamed to bring every weakness and failing before our heavenly father gladly knowing that he expects this of us and that to open the soul to him is to secure pardon light and peace wait on god with patience join thyself to god and endure that thy life may be increased end of lecture twelve part one